0: And welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg with you. Stephanie Burke alongside. No silent assassin tonight. No science advisor, Matt Moniz. They're both working just in different capacities. Uh, the silent assassin is working his one of his many jobs. And science advisor, Matt Moniz, is actually at the Experiencer Speak UFO conference. So he is up in Maine hanging out with all of our ufology friends. Hello to everybody up there. I'm sure they're not listening. I'm sure at this point they're, they're probably partying at this point. I hear that that Travis Walton is a is a crazy guy once the party starts. so yeah, Are you familiar with Travis Walton? Fire in the sky. Yes. So I don't know if I'd ever want to be drinking with a bunch of people who get abducted. Nope. Because I'd be like, I don't feel like I have all of my faculties around me should the ship show up and decide to start beaming some of you up. Like, I want to be able to get the hell out of there as fast as I can, should that happen. But they always tell me it doesn't matter. You can't run fast enough. You cannot outrun an alien abduction. So we'll talk about that tonight. We'll talk about all kinds of stuff tonight because we have joining us in the studio our good friend Aaron Kadju. He is here to talk about a great event that's coming up next Saturday that everybody that's listening, everybody within the sound of my voice locally should be at. Next Saturday night, and that's the, the Bridgewater Triangle documentary, which uh, premiered, what, two years ago now?
1: October of 2013,
0: Yep. So now it's finally making the jump to network television, and it's on a network that's near and dear to my heart because they pay me, and that would be Destination <laughs> America. and uh, And for those of you who don't have Destination America, I know some people don't, they're saying, well, how can I see this? Because I don't have Destination America on my cable package. Not to worry, Aaron, you've set up something great, and let's just throw it out right at the beginning of the show, what we're doing next week for people to come and check it out.
1: We have organized a free viewing party of the Bridgewater Triangle making its national television debut on, national, on uh, Destination America on Saturday, September 5th at 10 p.m. Uh, but as part of the event, uh, we're inviting people to come and join us to watch it uh, at a, a place called Christopher's Lounge on Route 138 in Raynham. Uh, just off the 495 exit there. Um, people can come down early. at eight, From 8 to 9.30, we're actually going to run the original 90-minute director's cut of the Bridgewater Triangle. And then starting at 10 o'clock, all of the TVs and the big projector in the bar will all tune into Destination America to watch it make its national debut. It's actually being retitled for the broadcast as America's Bermuda Triangle. Which,
0: you know, you don't have any control over that. Uh, I, I don't know why they feel, though... Uh, and I guess I mean I've gotten into it with some of the people at Destination America before about paranormal things. They look at things from a from a TV side, from a publicity side, from you know being able to get into the average television viewer's head and be able to get their interest level up. Uh, but I've I've talked to them about and, and well, well, as we as you know dealing with a network, you don't talk to the network ever. You share notes. Uh, It's a lot of emailing back and forth and things like that. So a lot of unanswered emails. (laughs) Exactly. So I've sent you know emails and being like, well, you know, listen, this is paranormal. You know, in the paranormal world, we do this and we do that. So the the title was actually chosen by the network. It's they want to get people hooked in based on the idea because the way they see it is the Bermuda Triangle is something that everybody's familiar with and the Bridgewater Triangle isn't. But I've got to ask you, in the two years now that since the film has come out and you've been all over the place showing it and talking about it and getting feedback from people,
1: where are we at in the levels
0: here in terms of, I, I'm starting to think the Bridgewater Triangle is becoming almost as well known.
1: Well, if you Google Paranormal Triangle, you might get Bridgewater, uh, Bermuda Triangle first, but Bridgewater Triangle is going to come in a very close second and sometimes surpass uh, the Bermuda Triangle, especially nowadays. Uh, The profile of the Bridgewater Triangle has just increased dramatically even before we released the film. And it's just the advent of the Internet and social media has uh, intensified the attention on the Bridgewater Triangle. There's people talking about the Bridgewater Triangle globally. And for people that are into the paranormal, uh, pretty much everybody that's into the paranormal has probably heard of, at one point, the Bridgewater Triangle.
0: We have a lot of listeners who, uh, because of course, we air on the Dark Matter Radio network, which is art bell's online radio network and we 'll talk a little bit about art later on because I want to let people know about what he 's doing now if they haven 't tuned in yet. I want to say hi to everybody in the uh, on the art bell fan group on Facebook who are tuning in tonight as well uh, so but you know i 'm talking about the Bridgewater triangle all the time with people and and, and they 've heard of it and they they 're intrigued by it and they 're wondering what it is what I think is is fascinating to me is that nine and a half years ago now we had you on the show for the first time uh we had actually communicated before the show even premiered uh trying to get you to you know set you up to be one of our early guests and so nine and a half years ago you came here for the first time back then there was what i think two websites about the bridgewater triangle and one was Chris Pittman's site. Yes, yeah, and, so and the other one was the site that referenced Chris Pittman's site that basically just stole all this. And, and then, of course, Chris Balzano's Massachusetts Paranormal Crossroads, which I'm putting in a different category altogether because I have to. He'll get mad if I don't. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I sell him a bottle of water, as Dave Francis points out week after week. But you know, back then, so we had those those three sites, the the two Chris's site. Chris, uh, Chris Petman's, Chris Balzano's, and then the one that was kind of like poaching from the two of those. Now it's all over the place. Now there's people who have never stepped foot in the Bridgewater Triangle, uh, or maybe even in Massachusetts at all, who are researching this topic and, and are looking into this and amassing voluminous amounts of informa- voluminous amounts of information. And they're actually, you know, you say to them, "Well, you know, have you been? there? No. Are you coming here? Well, no. I." i would no sooner go to the bridgewater triangle as i would try to go into the bermuda triangle i'm scared of it i want to study it but i don't want to be part of the legend i don't want to be part of the story so for you i mean you must be hearing from people all over the place about this
1: yeah uh, we get you know we track sales of you know uh, on demand views on vimeo we we stream the movie on vimeo people can can watch it that way and we get hits primarily in the united states of course but the uk china a lot from germany as a matter of fact so globally there are people that are interested in the bridgewater triangle and one of one of the first uh, mentions of our documentary was actually on a podcast in Australia when the rumblings and the trailer first came out and people started getting excited about it. So yeah, it's it's an international interest to say the least. I, I got an email today, as a matter of fact, from a guy in the UK wondering about how to order the DVD and have it shipped to him in the UK. So those requests come in regularly.
0: I, I think I got the same email. He wants a Region Two copy of it. Was that the same? Yeah. Region? Well, he's in luck
1: because it's region free, so it's universal for all right. regions. Yeah. So
0: it's uh, that's why I didn't answer it. I was like, Aaron will know how to how to answer this better than I would. Uh, but the, I mean, Australia and the UK are both great. For the discussion of the paranormal, you know, there's a lot of these type, you know, Spooky South Coast Paranormal Radio type of shows across those countries. but And I can understand the Germany thing because I think Bridgewater in German means free porn. So that's probably why you're getting so many <laughs> yeah, That's that. exactly right. Yes. So, but the, uh, the it, but there's also a lot of strange connections that have come about, and you know, if you want to get, go down the Lauren Coleman Twilight language path and start putting together some of these connections, I mean, just look at the TV shooting that happened this week. I don't know. I'm sure it didn't go past your radar where it happened. Bridgewater Plaza. Yeah. So I mean, you get all these little connections to things, and it. it, it furthers that connection into people's minds that there's there's something weird and strange that goes on here.
1: Well, and the, the reported phenomenon in the Bridgewater Triangle, unlike a lot of other regions, are from a, a buffet of the unexplained. So rather than just being a place for UFOs or just being a place for uh, cryptids or just being a place for ghosts, it's a place that there are reports of all of that. So... Um it's, uh, you know, it, it, so if people are researching those type of reports from all of those different vantage points, in some fashion they usually will find them their way to the Bridgewater Triangle.
0: I can tell you that the investigators that I've spoken with have, they've all seen the documentary. And and some of them, you know, I I think your first documentary, the, the half-hour version, has kind of become, uh, w- what's something that I can liken it to? You know, there's there's always the people, you know, like, all right, Woodstock, you know to compare to comp- what 's a huge cultural milestone I can compare your film to, but look at Woodstock, okay, there were people who were at Woodstock, and there's a good half a million of them, but then there are people who over the years have told people they were at Woodstock, you know and it 's become one of those things where as, as it's as the legend of Woodstock has grown, people wanting to be around it has grown and I hear from people all the time that tell me now that they saw the original half hour version and i 'm like, how did you see that there's no way that you saw that because you had it pretty. Limited in how much it got
1: distributed. That, that's right, and you know it did go on Google Video uh, and had. I don't know anything about yeah. that. I don't <laughs> it had know what about you're talking seventy-five thousand hits uh, by the time Google Video was seventy-five thousand. Seventy-five thousand. Yeah. I should have put my oh. name on it. That's more hits than I get yeah. on our spooky videos. But um, I love people say. You know, they'll see me wearing a T-shirt or something. They'll say, hey, Bridgewater Triangle. And I'm and, and they're like, where did you get that shirt? And I said, well, I was one of the co-directors of the documentary. And they're like, oh, yeah, I saw that on the History Channel. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Well <laughs> oh, I saw that on the Discovery Channel. And I'm thinking to myself, no, you didn't. Now, I'm not I'm not that rude to them in person. right, right. Like, right. Oh, well, you know, I know they talked about it on this show. Sure, yeah. You know, but people, some people just aren't. As in tune with what they're watching, they just have it on in the background, and they don't realize that it's an episode of a pre-existing show. It's not a documentary on the Bridgewater see, now the that marketing
0: the marketing guy to me is thinking like you don't want to miss that opportunity because somebody says, "Oh, I saw the the Bridgewater Triangle. I saw that on the History channel. Oh no, no, what you saw was just the tip of the iceberg on another show. Wait until you see this whole thing. Here's
1: the website here, you know what I mean like that's what you're really going to do yeah, I, yeah that's a good point you
0: are you're, you're a little shy when it comes to shoving your movie down people's throats, so I'll do that for you.
1: Well, that's what that's what, uh, Destination America is going to do. Yeah, well... Well, we're, we're, for those of you who don't know how broadcast works, so the film's 90 minutes, which is a feature-length film. Mm-hmm. The network is going to be airing a broadcast hour version. Now, what broadcast hour means is actually the what they're showing is only 42 minutes when you add in commercial time. So they've had to cut out more than half of the documentary in order to fit it into this broadcast hour. So, And we have not seen what they're going to do. We, we were supposed to be sent a, an advanced online screener to look at what the network has done. We were supposed to get that weeks in advance. This right. thing's going to air a week from today. And they said now we'll be getting it midweek, which in network terms means probably Thursday or the day before it airs. And they have full editorial control over what's cut. Yeah, we only was, can make recommendations. I mean, what kind of recommendations are we going to be making with less than 48 hours before the thing? But
0: only that. I mean, how much recommendation were you going to be making if you had weeks? And you were telling them, I mean, how much of that were they really going to listen to? They don't have to listen to any of it. No,
1: they're not going to. I'm just an idiot from Dartmouth, Massachusetts. They don't care what I think. You know what I mean? What do I know about network television? Nothing. But they I are... just know what I like and don't like. And we structured this film to be from a certain perspective. And unfortunately... With the network, it may get kind of morphed a little bit. They
0: obviously saw something in the film to make it, you know, they looked at it, and it's, it's visually beautiful. It's well done. If you've never seen the film in its entirety, either buy the DVD, watch it on Vimeo, or come out and see it next Saturday. Uh, but the they saw something in it that they said, we want to have this on our network. And so, yeah, they're going to do some playing around with it and they're going to cut it and they're going to do what they need to do but still in the end it's going to be the heart
1: of what your film was. I'm hoping so. Uh you know like I said we we structured it to be very journalistic, very matter of fact. We use a lot of language like allegedly, reportedly. We we don't we didn't feel it was our mission to Say, the Bridgewater Triangle's real. You yeah, no, have all, to believe all this all stuff. All that stuff's it, gone now
0: because it's on. It's on well, exactly.
1: They, right? And they admitted to me that they're going to be structuring it more from the perspective of a true believer in the paranormal. So instead of Joseph DeAndrade allegedly saw Bigfoot in 1978, it'll be Joe DeAndrade saw Bigfoot in 1978. Right. So I just got to, I just got to get used to that and, and just take a step back and say, we've reached a level here where not a lot of people get to. We're fortunate with that. Um, there's people that work in this business their whole lives on a multitude of projects and never see anything that they've done on national television. That's not to brag. I'm just saying we're fortunate. Um, so I can't be too upset about what what's done. And Basically, the way we're looking at it is it's a 42-minute commercial for people to find the way to us to see the original director's cut. And
0: speaking of commercials... Yes. What are you talking about? Uh, I just think that people might want to make sure that they tune in. Spooky South Coast fans, especially, will want to tune in. That's correct for the premiere of the Triangle. I'm sorry, America's Bermuda Triangle on Destination America because they may see a familiar face.
2: They might. You could be right.
0: And don't worry, it's not mine. So can
1: I spill it or
0: no? Oh, yeah, you can spill it. It's it's there, whether uh, it's do whether we, or not Steph, you Steph want to spill, spill it? it. No, Steph,
1: uh, you haven't talked yet? He's so. already
2: he's already spilled it. So I talk
1: all over it. her, so but, she, she has to fight it's for. It's going to sound
2: better coming from you.
1: Okay. Well. Part of the, the title change kind of threw us for a loop with mm-hmm. this. So part of our reasoning was, well, the words Bridgewater Triangle will probably be said 6,000 times during the broadcast, but do people realize that this is a shorter re-edited version of a pre-existing documentary? So we wanted people to understand that. So we decided to take, take a roll of the dice and pony up the dough to run a 30-second national TV spot, which essentially
0: not to take, make you take a step back there, but the original plan—you we you weren't even looking to do a national spot.
1: No, we were actually—you know—when you even when you're watching the Super Bowl, they set aside time for local commercials, mm-hmm. which means that not everybody across the country is seeing a commercial for a car dealership in New Bedford. Well, Destination America is a smaller network. I mean, it's part of the Discovery Communications network family, but it's still a smaller network, so they do not run local commercials. So. We weren't a lot, you know. It's like, well, that would have been cheaper, but we couldn't do it because they don't even have a place to do it. So we had to run a national spot. And the tricky thing was, we don't own the TV rights to our own film now. Destination Discovery does, or Destination America does. So Mm -hmm. in the commercial, you know, the ideal thing would have been to just edit together a thirty-second trailer of clips from our own documentary, but we couldn't do that. That would have been the fastest and easiest thing to do. Sure. Yeah. And I have a thirty-second spot that I had edited months ago that would be ready to go for an instance such as that but now since we don't own the rights to our own movie for tv uh we had to take a different route so we thought why not have an on-screen talent delivering the message to the viewer and then just show the blu-ray the dvd and the merchandise set up and nice and pretty on a neat backdrop and maybe that's how we'll deliver the message so that's what we decided to do so who better than the lovely and talented stephanie burke to feature in this national commercial
0: and it came out fantastic it really did. And, uh, and I think that people, you know, if, if they're not paying attention during commercials, you know, if they're kind of just whatever, 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 when they see you come out and hear you start talking about the Bridgewater Triangle, first of all, because they're going to hear you say, talking about the Bridgewater, they're going to be like, oh, the show's back on. Mm-hmm. And because it's your eye, Aaron, and it, and it still has that same look and feel of the documentary, they're going to be like, oh, the show's back on. So it's going to pull them back in automatically, but, uh, you will make sure that they stay, rapt attention to so. what you're saying. And I was
2: a little nervous. I didn't want to be responsible for the fate of Aaron's business, but
1: <laughs> no, she did an absolutely fantastic job. We put her in one of the red Bridgewater Triangle tees to like really make her pop against the the woodsy background that we chose, and uh, you know we think that the commercial came out came out great, and we're hoping that it gets enough attention to uh, sell enough DVDs, Blu-rays, or on-demand views just to at least get her money back on it. Right. Uh, it was like I said, it's a gamble. It's a roll of the dice. It's kind of a strategy that I've never really seen used before, other than uh, pledge drives on PBS. You basically you kind of
0: circumvented the system a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, and I actually thought the network was going to balk at it, and they didn't. Uh, I guess they were just happy to get our money. They like money, so they took our money, and we we're running a 30-second spot to promote the the real version of what they're showing. So we're essentially trying to take viewers away from them and direct them to us, but. I guess they didn't really I mean people are already watching they're going to finish. Yeah,
0: you know, you're not going to really take any viewership away from them. All that you're really doing is giving people the chance to see it in its entirety and that will only help strengthen their program because now, you know, Destination America runs what they call oh, uh, uh, what's the actual name of it? It's on the top of my head. It's it's really witty. Um, hmm. Anyway, I'll think you of sound it. Sound like me now. But you know, oh, um it's a play on, like, the daytime soap operas, like One Life to Live, like One Afterlife to Live or something like that. Or a- Anyway, they do this daily programming block where they run a bunch of paranormal shows, which is, you know, I'm seeing people tweeting about Ghost stalkers and Ghost Asylum and the shows that I work on and other, other documentaries that have been up on there. And so what they do is they take the paranormal programming, they rerun it during the day. So they're going to rerun this again and again and again. And people who buy the documentary and watch it at home, are going to tune in and watch it then because they're going to say, well, let me go back and see now that I've seen the film in its entirety. I want to watch it again and see what it was. So it's going to keep helping them keep uh, perpetuating more views for for their version as well.
1: Yeah, and it'll be interesting once the Destination America version's out there and then people have seen both, what the comparisons are, what people prefer. Um, You know, it'll be interesting to see if somebody says, I saw the original, but what Destination America did was a lot better now. You know, it'll be kind of interesting. Well, what, I mean...
0: Uh, let me think. of how to phrase this here in, in a way that won't be that won't throw a scare in you. Although I'm sure no, yeah. you've already thought Don't of it. scaring me. Yeah. But has is there any kind of insurances and assurances in your dealings with the network that they didn't just go out and make a documentary themselves about the Bridgewater Triangle
1: and all of your stuff becomes B-roll for that? No, uh, it was actually in the contract that okay. they couldn't do that. This is just a condensed version. I, what, I mean, here's one 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 example of of something that they had to change um we knew going into it that there's no way that they'll we had to. I keep stumbling we had to send them everything separately so the video track was separate the audio track with the narration the voiceover was separate and the music was separate so that they could pick and choose what they wanted and we knew it, John Horgan did a fantastic job narrating our documentary but we knew that they are probably not going to use the narration right from John Horgan for one
0: it's your journalistic approach and two, they have their branded narration. They have like a, a
1: regular rotating um, string of narrators that they use that are under contract with Discovery. And they're, in, in my mind, I'm like, there's no way they'll be able to take Horrigan's narration and be able to compress it to fit the, the broadcast hour format. So in order to get Horrigan to do it, they would have had to fly him down to a studio or have him recorded in a studio up here. And have them read the lines, and then they weren't going to bother doing and, that. And it's I cheaper it, for them to have one of their own guys do it in house. And I know that John is involved in a lot of
0: voiceover and his own television production, and he's won Emmys and, uh, and all that, but I don't know if he's union either, and if that comes into an issue.
1: Yeah, I don't know about that, but that, for instance, was the first thing that we knew was going to be changed. And, you know, I, I actually haven't had that conversation with John yet. <laughs> John, uh, if you're listening. John, if you're listening. Um, uh, and if you're not, uh, we'll have that conversation later. But I feel terrible about it, but you know, it's not up to me. Right. Uh, you kind of sell your soul when you sign the deal with the network. And you get an opportunity to get your work seen on national television. you got to make a few sacrifices. I mean, I've had some limited
0: television dealings. And we've had, we, Stephanie and I and, and, and the Spooky South Coast crew, we've had the opportunity to put some things together for television. Moniz and I have filmed a bunch of stuff. And as we've seen more and more about how it works... And what the process is, I understand now why people who are in the field of the paranormal, in in the genre of the paranormal, get so frustrated with the TV shows and why they attack those who do that. But really, everybody's at the mercy of what the television network wants to put on the air. And the television network doesn't care about anything paranormal. They don't care about finding the truth. They don't care about finding the answers. They care about putting together... An episode of a television show that will you know that will allow the people that are on the show to look for the answers you know what i mean like it 's not the network 's job to further the research of the paranormal it 's just their job to create the vehicle and the platform for the people that are on the show to do that so in the end they 're going to have the ultimate say about what goes over the end what doesn't, and what doesn 't and they 're not serving the master of paranormal research they 're serving the master of television entertainment and ratings and advertising revenue and what you know dvd everything else that they do is part of it but with you you created a film that i don't think i think the most hardened skeptic and the most true believer in the paranormal and in the bridgewater triangle walks away from that film saying fair enough you know you you you, you gave me enough to to at least consider the possibilities and i'm gonna have to go home and think about this
1: yeah, it's kind of a middle ground, I guess you could you could say. And we we intentionally were very neutral and didn't take a side um, in, the, in, in the production. I mean, we used ominous music and spooked it up a little bit well, just course. because that's yeah. the topic. But the actual content of the documentary, you know, you have true believers in there that are doing the interviews that are trying to persuade people to believe, yes, there's something going on here. But then you have a heavy dose of, dose of skepticism from guys like Christopher Pittman who said, well, you know, there might be an explanation for this, there might be an explanation for that. Uh, so it kinda, it kinda walks the, walks the tightrope between the two sides.
0: Which by the way, that's my only concern about if they change the tone of the way that you approached it. I'm wondering what's gonna happen if, if chris Pittman ends up looking because you know he's done ancient aliens and he's done some of these other shows so he's used to the process of it but uh, i just remember him always standing out with people of the audiences when you go to the screening he always stood out as being i don't want to say an opposing voice but just the voice of the other side you well
1: as, as a skeptic myself he was always the voice of reason i thought for the bridgewater <laughs> triangle documentary so i'm hoping that they keep a lot of his stuff in there to give it some some degree of balance well, one Thing that I w- would be interested to see is one of my favorite contributors to the film is you know your good friend Jeff Belanger. Mm-hmm. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. He's so articulate. He's so witty. He's so smart. And he writes for a, a, a show on a rival network. So, right. and I don't know who they're deciding to keep and cut. Maybe they cut him for that reason. No, I don't no, know.
0: no, because he also writes for a show on their network as well. that oh, then that's great. He's uh, he's the writer on Amish Haunting. So, that. You know that uh that whole series he was the the series writer for that, so because it didn 't conflict with what he was doing for ghost adventures, he was able to do it and and uh, he did a great job with that. I mean, I never would have thought I'd watch a show about Amish hauntings, but i I watched it with rapt attention because you know I knew that Jeff had worked so hard on it and and it came out great so I think you know there's a good chance, especially when you look at you know you 've got jeff belanger you 've got Lauren Coleman these are some of the big names in the paranormal world, so those are people that they're going to want to have part of that because you know destination america is not getting a lot of lauren coleman otherwise and if somebody knows who he is and knows what his impact is uh for the for the gravitas of the documentary they'll keep him in there so i
1: I don't think they'll make the decision just based on that that's an interesting point because this morning uh, and I only found out about this in the last 48 hours. There was the premiere of another documentary from a Massachusetts filmmaker named, uh, I don't know the gentleman's name, I'll, I'll look it up during the break, but he made a film called Crypto Trip, which is a collection of first-hand eyewitness accounts of cryptid animals from across the country. Just like us, the network bought his production. Just like us, they gave it a new title, which they called it... Um, uh, Monster Witness, Monster Witness, it went okay, from Crypto yeah, yeah. Trip to Monster Witness. They edited it down from 75 minutes to 42, whereas it was 90 minutes down to 42. And in that documentary, he interviewed Lauren Coleman. And I had a conversation with the network the other day on the phone, and we started talking about just the just the strange fact that two Massachusetts filmmakers, or three Massachusetts, Manny, and myself, and then this guy, um, had shows picked up by Destination America and they said that Lauren Coleman wasn't going to be featured in the edited down version of uh, Monster Witness, but they were keeping him in the Bridgewater Triangle. So we know he'll be in the Bridgewater Triangle, of well, America's Bermuda Triangle, but they didn't keep him in Weird. monster you, witness. Which, was, he's like the yeah. godfather of cryptozoology.
0: You don't really have... I mean, I understand you're a TV network and you don't know that much about it, but you don't have to do that much research to find out, oh, yes, we want to keep Lauren Coleman in yeah, this film. Yeah, he's the headliner. So, yeah, it, know, exactly. I just
1: thought that that was really strange. We we did find out, you know, a few things that they're going to be... They, they could never cut him out of yours. I, how could you do... That was the thing. How can you do a legit documentary about the Bridgewater Triangle without talking to Lauren Coleman? It's impossible.
0: Yeah, he coined the term. And on top of that... He has the mic drop line of the entire film. That's exactly right. You know, and, and if that doesn't stay in, I'm going to riot. I will literally, Christopher's Lounge, watch out. I will be flipping over tables if that line doesn't stay in. The uh, the televised version.
1: I, I one thing I, I'm surprised that, and I found out a few things that are getting cut, and a few things that they're going to keep. And I can say that uh, the stuff about Dighton Rock, which I knew, you know, it's not inherently paranormal, and right? To somebody who's not, and it's even into that, It's that,
0: that. a little fringy, even amongst the sure, yeah. We don't yeah. spend
1: that much time on it, but uh, they're going to cut that, which is totally understandable. It doesn't really, f- you know, fit for a broadcast hour. If they're really trying to like pump it up, mm-hmm. uh, so I knew that was going to go. One thing that I'm surprised that they're going to entertain, because I, if you read the description on the, the their schedule, uh, the cult activity in the Freetown State Forest, See, I thought that they would avoid that like the plague, and if they list it in the description, they're obviously going to cover it in the show.
0: Yeah, we thought in, in just our initial conversations about it, we were like, yep, all the true crime stuff will be gone, because that's, you know, first of all, it's the latter third of the film, right? And, and it's also, you know... It's not paranormal. It's just something that is part of it. But uh, I like the fact that the one good thing about all the discussions I've had with producers involved with the Destination America shows and, and the network people involved with the shows is they very much like the why. And they very much like the, well, what could it be angle of it. Because otherwise, you're just showing a bunch of shows that are all filmed in night vision of people talking in the dark. So they like to explore those those whys, because that's where the meat of the story can come from. Absolutely. So I'm glad that they are keeping that in, because as we've all talked about here, like, that is, it's a huge chunk of the story. Whether or not it's, you know, uh, a cause and effect type of scenario, it, it's definitely right alongside all of the paranormal factors.
1: Yeah, that's right. And we do spend, and that's one been one of the criticisms of the film, is people... Say I liked it, but I didn't like all the cult stuff that you guys got into. But then other people will be like, "I love that part of the movie," but it's we spend if you clock it about seventeen minutes talking about cult activity in the in the Freetown State Forest, which is a big chunk of time in a ninety minute feature. And and also what it
0: is is it's the part that most people who are researching this might not take into account. Uh, you know, they might hear about it, but I mean, Stephanie, you're somebody that I know that you were very interested in that angle. Mm-hmm you have a little bit of a different take on things because you're sensitive to how this stuff and why this stuff is happening. But it's something that you've always been fascinated with is the way that that stuff ties in. Right. You know, the, the cult activity, the murders, body dumps, all of that tie into the paranormal factors.
2: Well, I find it interesting anyways, not even being sensitive to things, but I went to school for criminal justice and psychology. So that fascinates me on a level that, has nothing to do with who I am just what I'm totally interested in so I was interested in that long before his documentary even came out actually probably before the first one did too um, I've always found it fascinating um, growing up near the area too um, spending time in the forest as a child it's things that you think about so
0: well, one of the surprises that I've heard from the people who have seen the film because you know I talk to people I, I do as you did when the sh- when the movie came out there's people that do these paranormal podcasts all over the place and I talk to them and the bios that I send them will say, you know, I've been in the the Bridgewater Triangle documentary and they say, well, the Bridgewater Triangle, let's talk about that. And they have like an encyclopedic knowledge, not only of some of the paranormal stuff but they're pulling out some of the the cult stuff and they're pulling out some of the, the true crime aspects of it. And I know that they're not just getting it off the Wikipedia page, you know, it's something that's resonated with them and because it is... I don't know if it's because it's a human side. I mean, I know that a lot of that stuff is evil and inhuman when you think about some of the things that have gone on, but it's still, it's, it's a connection to man more than some of the strange paranormal stuff. And I think that that is what will scare people when they think about the Bridgewater Triangle. It's not, I might go there and run into Bigfoot, I might go in there and get abducted by aliens. It's, there's a good chance I could go in there and run into somebody that's doing something that doesn't want me to see what they're doing,
1: even but, today. Yeah, the human element uh, of that part of the film, I think, is what intrigues people. And the question that you propose in the film of, uh, is there something about the, the Bridgewater Triangle that attracts like a negative energy specifically to the Freetown State Forest? It's a good question.
0: I, you know and we filmed that like 3 years ago now and I still don't have any more answers to that. I still I'm no closer to figuring that out and I still talk about it all the time with people but I just I I can't tell you, you know, chicken and egg. I can't tell you That's
1: what's what what's say. feeding
0: what. The and we talk of course and you talk in the film about uh, King Philip's War and about that. Now I had just spoken recently with some historians about King Philip's War and they were talking to me about The effect aspect of it, about the King Philip's War and everything that was associated with it being related to an already, I don't want to say a curse, but an already existing dark cloud over this area. So... Even from a historical perspective, they're willing to kind of make that leap and say, there's something not right here. And so, you know, I could expect some historians to say, well, if you look at King Philip's War and all the negative stuff that happened here and all the people that died and all this, I can understand why people would walk away feeling like it's haunted. And you would expect them to take that kind of pragmatic approach. But instead, they were talking about, you know, people might have been screwed the minute they started hanging out in that area. It's possible. It's
1: possible. Um, it, it, it's definitely a possibility.
0: I just love that academia is willing to accept that. Well, I, I don't know how much you call, you know, armchair weekend historians academia, but, you know, they, they're trying to take things from a, a more uh, genealogical and historical approach than we are, certainly.
1: Well, you know, that's one of the things I think people have found refreshing about the film is that uh, we do give a, a summary, like a five-minute summary of King Philip's War with no paranormal attachment to it, just this is what happened during King Philip's War. And... Uh, you know, it's a pretty good five-minute summary of, of what happened. Um, and, you know, we were able to weave in some historical reenactments and things. And it's a, it's a pretty neat, you know, if you were going to give somebody a f- five-minute summary of King Philip's What it's a pretty good one. That's about all that you get in high
0: school textbooks, too.
1: Um, that's a- totally glossed over in high school right. history.
0: I, I never even heard of it. Uh, as, as I've mentioned many times before, I never even heard of it until I started doing the show. And when we started doing the research in the Bridgewater Triangle and I watched your documentary, the first one, and I went to Chris Pittman's site and Chris Balzano's site, that's when I started to learn about King Philip's War. And it's a shame that even now that's still how most people are finding out about it. Uh, but but you know, well, what can we do? We're fighting to even keep AP history in classrooms and everything now. So
2: That was brutal, AP history.
0: Really, we were having a conversation today about... Uh, on the morning show, my Saturday morning show, about how AP history has changed because the conservatives have overtaken the curriculum, and the conservatives don't want a lot of teaching about what happened with the natives because we look bad really? and Christians look bad. So they wanted to kind of gloss over that. They want to gloss over slavery and, and and racism and that part of our history, and they want to you know celebrate all the wins that we had, celebrate all the victories. They call that rah-rah history. Exactly, yeah. So that's one of the complaints that's been coming out. And, and, and I said, we're already, the, the history that we all took in school already wasn't serving us correctly. Uh, and to limit it even more, but yeah, I don't want to get on a historical soapbox. Uh, the the Bridgewater Triangle, of course, by the way, for everybody that's listening, a lot of you new to the show, maybe you've just been tuning in over the last year or so, we do an annual episode every year. And and I think we've missed it every year without fail. I don't think we've ever not done one. But we every year send paranormal teams out into various locations across the Bridgewater Triangle, and they call in with live reports, and we call it our annual Bridgewater Triangle Investigation Show. We have that coming. The computer died.
2: Yeah, I tried to send you a message, but you didn't answer.
0: Oh, it like totally crapped oh, yeah. out, huh? Yep. All right. Well, we'll see if we can fix it. In the uh, <laughs> is it did it come unplugged? Maybe it ran out of juice. the The little battery pack might have come. We'll, we'll fix it.
2: It's plugged in.
0: Yeah. We started talking That's about the Bridgewater weird. Triangle when this happens. But uh, the, the annual Bridgewater Triangle show will be happening this weird. year on September 19th. So
1: Fresh off the Destination America airing pretty I'm, much. I figured by that point, you know, people will
0: catch it. And I know there's a replay planned for... On the 9th, yeah. So they'll have a chance to see it. Uh, and also, another part of it was uh, on... It's not weird at all. The night of the 18th. What's weird? What? I
2: just closed it and I opened it again and we have power.
0: Okay. Yeah. We'll just, we'll just roll with it. Yep. The uh let me see if it, uh, looks like Whoa, whoa spooky TV is totally weirding me out. Uh so anyway that's watching it if you you know, if you're not seeing the video, hearing it, whatever, just go to WBSM.com, you can pick up the audio feed.
2: Yeah, we don't know what's going on right now. Mm,
0: technical problems. It
2: looks like it's working
0: now. The um <laughs> the idea also of doing it on the nineteenth is we have a legend trips event on September eighteenth on the USS Salem. Our first ever Friday night event. So we're going to be exhausted on Saturday. And we figured Bridgewater Triangle is a good night for us to kind of take a step back and let the investigators shine. So uh, we'll just be pressing buttons and connecting people is the idea. But for those of you who are taking part uh, and, and those of you who have reached out to me on Facebook and said, yes, our team's definitely in. We want to be part of this. Uh, the only catch is we're making everybody periscope it this year. So they're going to be actually broadcasting on Periscope from wherever they are as long as their data signal holds up. And uh, we'll try and be kicking all of that back uh, through some of our video stuff here in the studio.
2: Because Periscope is cool.
0: It's all right. I do love the fact that all day long now uh, my phone has been going off every 10 seconds with a live Periscope video from Norm MacDonald, who is like off on a golf weekend. And he basically was Periscoping like every hole. And, well, that's weird. Yeah, it was. And like he was losing his ball in the woods, so we would like, periscope him looking in the woods for his ball. And people are like, I don't understand why you're doing this. I don't. It's like, because you don't understand the, the genius of Norm Macdonald. That's why.
2: So who told you about periscope?
0: I think, where did I hear about that? It's I, weird. Yeah, I think I got, I might have gotten an email or something. But, uh, from yeah, somewhere. maybe, yeah. maybe
2: that's
0: it. It certainly wasn't Stephanie
1: that
2: told no, me. No, no. S- it
1: sounds like, a, sounds like a good way to waste your data plan.
2: Well, well, mine's a, unlimited.
1: So. Yeah, Sprint.
2: No, I have AT and T, but I'm grandfathered in with the iPhone from like before they get rid of it.
1: Oh. No. So. Very nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. I
2: looked out on that one.
1: I have
0: T-Mobile, so I'm I'm good. Unlimited data, unlimited everything. Uh, but the the good thing is, is you know, Wi-Fi. Like a lot of people just pick it up on Wi-Fi. Right. Even you know, I've heard people that have been out in the Bridgewater Triangle area and been like, yep, I was out exploring here and I picked up somebody's Wi-Fi signal, so I just used it to call into you. Okay, that works. Whatever
1: it takes. Not to take you on an aside, but That's one of the perceptions, I think, of the Bridgewater Triangle that we were talking about. People that research it, I'll never go there. I think this is a misconception that it's just one giant swamp. Right. That is all the Hockamock and that's it. Yeah, that's why they don't want to come here because they're like, well, it's 200 square miles of swamp land. And it's like, no, it's not. Look at the map. The Hockamock swamp makes up maybe like 10, 15% of it, maybe at the most. Uh it's a very heavily inhabited area. It's right. got streets, houses, it's some not of us live in it. It's it's a lot more densely populated than say the the bennington triangle or something like that. I mean it's 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 a very highly populated area. Certainly
0: a lot more people than the Bermuda triangle. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> uh <laughs> you can sp- spend a lot more time hanging out in our triangle. When the uh, when everybody gets together now on Saturday night at Christopher's and in, in Raynham, Raynham, uh, when they when they get together, they're going to get the chance to see the original film in its entirety for free. Yep, no charge on that. The uh, of course, if you want autographs, that's that's you know, free too. That's fifty dollars a head. <laughs> no, but uh, yes, you can uh, you can see it you can watch it you can meet Aaron and and Manny's going to be there as well I believe so yeah and I know that sometimes his work schedule prevents him on Saturday nights from making it to I think he'll be there okay so uh Aaron Manny will be there uh Johnny gonna be there too Johnny will be there, so, I'm hoping, yeah. And, and the people that were involved in the movie, you can meet them, talk to them. Uh, a lot of the cast will be there. Christopher Balzano coming up from Florida. That is huge. I don't know how you guys were able to afford that. To bring him up from Florida, we've been trying for, we've been saving pennies here on the show. Well, Southwest Airlines was a big sponsor of the film when it came <laughs> out. So but chris balzano will be here so all of you people that have those chris balzano books and have been asking me when is he going to come to the show so you can get him to sign them all of you people that have been saying i bought a copy of haunted objects and i only got your signature on it how do i get chris to sign it he will be there and he will gladly sign anything he will sign books he will sign dvds he will sign you know your back and you can have a tattoo later on whatever you want to have him sign he'll do it pretty serious haven't seen him for six years
1: six years I think when was the, the interview last? in the Freetown State Force was the last time I saw the man
0: the last time I believe I saw him was when we filmed a a sizzle reel for a potential show on haunted objects that they brought him up and they flew in the filmmakers from Toronto and they spent all this money to put on this like elaborate production for the sizzle reel and it died again. I don't know what's going on. We'll just we'll just let it roll. <laughs> I give up. So all of this stuff, all this money that they spend, and we get there, and the idea is that we're going to go film in this flea market to try to find haunted objects. And, like, whatever. It's, it's a flea market. Maybe there'll be something that's haunted. And we get there. We have a woman who tells us a story about a... You know those knitted dolls that they used to crochet to like put on top of toilet paper rolls like when we were kids, like our, our grandmothers had them and stuff. You know what I mean? It's like a like a woman like a like a female doll with a pink dress and the dress would cover the toilet paper on kind top of, me, of the yeah. toilet. Well, there was one of those and the woman swore that it was haunted. And I'm sure she only wanted like two or three dollars for it until we started asking her if she had anything out that was haunted, and then it became twenty five dollars. Of course. But I said to the producer, I was like, Give me twenty five bucks so I can buy it, and he's like, I can't give you $25, I don't have a budget give me 25 bucks so I can buy it, you just flew here, yeah, you flew here from Toronto, you flew Chris Balzano here, you got him a rental car, you got yourselves a rental car, you bought us lunch, you can't just give me 25 bucks so I could buy this from the lady, and so uh, it's you know, just a weird side story about and for all <laughs> the talk we we're doing about TV and, and the way that it works, but TV's uh, just, weird. I just, and I said, I'll even let you take it home. Like, I don't want to keep it. I just want to buy it because you're to Oh, she yeah, I'm sure out. that's what
2: they want to do. And, they like, yeah, we're not, we're not
0: taking that on the plane. That's nope. all you. So, uh, we'll, what we're going to do here tonight is, uh, we have about nine, eight minutes left in this hour. Uh, we're going to talk some more about the film and then we'll talk some more about the Bridgewater Triangle coming up in the next hour and in some other. Paranormal stories as well. We'll also find out Aaron's got a project that he's working on that we can't say too much about, but we'll get an idea of what's getting his creative juices flowing uh, now that the the triangle has become a worldwide phenomenon. Now he's got another local story that he wants to tell uh, and and get the word out there. So we'll talk about that as well. And we'll take your calls, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. And, uh, sorry, I was just reading just reading something that uh, Greg DeRozier's put on Twitter. Picking on me from this morning. Picking on you. Yes, he had me give an explanation for people about what a hashtag is. Oh, God. So, and I kind Perfect. of understand it. I kind of know it a little bit. Uh, but we will uh, we'll take your calls again. 508-996-0500 877-996-1420 You can also tweet us at WBSM1420 uh, if you would like to go and on that route as well. That's another great way uh, and of and oh, I want to say hi to everybody in the Bell Gab forum as well. The Art Bell website, they're listening to us as well. So that's
2: awesome.
0: Hello, Bell. Hello, Gap everyone. People. Uh, it, it's really cool how much the the Art Bell audience has taken our show into their hearts as well, which is a huge honor. You know, when I've said it this many times, Art Bell was one of the inspirations for doing this show and for wanting to talk about this subject and giving it a long form. Approach. Uh, he's one of the few people I could think of that I would want to be compared to. And you know, normally I'm like, please don't compare me to people. Like, let me just be me. I don't want to be the next this person. I don't want to be another version of this person, or, or worse yet, a ripoff of this guy. You know, I want to be kind of me. But I have no problem. People say, you know, you're, you're the Art Bell of the next generation. I will take that and wear it proudly. Of course. The, the only difference is, I don't have all the awesome gear that he has. Have you heard, I, I don't know if either of you heard his new show, Midnight in the Desert? I have not. I have not Oh yet. my, god. well, I'm working on trying to get you as a guest on, Aaron, I so would that you be can talk about the Bridgewater Triangle. But the sound quality that they have is incredible for something that they're doing at home, you know, from, from his house and, and using Skype to connect with people. Wow. It's, just, it's fantastic. So it's, it's the future. Someday we'll the be future. doing that. Someday we'll be doing Spooky South Coast and not have to leave our houses.
2: But then you'll miss me.
0: No, I'm just gonna go to your house. And oh, okay, do it. that works. Right, you just gotta make sure you have ice cream. Always. All right, there we go.
2: Is that even a question?
0: <laughs>
1: I would hope not. <laughs> the it's it's kind of like our thing, like you know, cookies. We're ice we're cream. pretty ice cream obsessed. I went to Somerset Creamery tonight, which was incredible. I've never been there. Honestly. Oh my really? god! Really? It's the best ice cream in the area.
2: I don't Fl- know. Shameless plug. Slow you roll over there.
1: Uh, wait, peace. Are you a peaceful meadows gal?
2: I am not. I am an Oxford Creamery gal. Though. Oxford
1: Creamery.
0: She's the only person that I've ever heard. Call Oxford Creamery the best around. Not, where, not, where is no the Oxford Creamery?
2: In Manapoiset. Uh Right down the street. Listen, oh, wait a, a, a minute.
1: minute. I think I have been to Oxford Creamery. You need to just fact. come here it's every It's like a little Saturday. building, right? Yeah. They also have food there? Yep. Yeah, Amazing I've been food. To
0: yeah, the food is pretty good. Actually, we had lunch there uh,
1: last summer, it's and like we saw John Mitchell. Fried seafood and stuff, right? Yep. Yeah, I've the, not been there.
0: The mayor of New Bedford goes there on his bicycle. So. And
2: I, I got married right around the corner at Ned's Point.
0: I thought you were going to say you got married at Oxford Creamery. Reels. No. you'd be like, yeah,
2: that's well, close." Yeah. Close. I
0: love, I love not Oxford Creamery. You love it so much, why don't you marry it? I did. I did. But, uh, no, see, I always hear people talk about, um, you know, obviously Kushner Creamery, who is a, a fine I'm sponsor. I'm at, at, uh, They're a fine sponsor of WBSM. Stephanie loves them.
2: Well, I had them. I want to say maybe like ten years ago. So maybe no, I have to if give
0: they them off You definitely have to go check if the out. Cows were sick or something. We've, we've, devol- we've devolved into ice cream talk here for a few minutes, but that's all right. It's bad. But the the uh, Akushna Creamery has the new building. Yes, now. they do. And, and it's amazing that you can it go in there. really nice. You can watch them making the ice cream. It's really cool. Yep. and And uh, and of course, uh, Gray's in Tiverton, which is a place that everybody they says is, is, is great. So I.
1: Greys, I think I you're, you're going out. more for the experience of driving through that little Compton Tiverton area, oh, you're more in the so in the middle than of the nowhere. ice cream. The, it's, oh yeah. the ice cream's okay, but it's the experience of have going there. Have you had the
2: strawberry cheesecake? I have not. Okay, let's talk after that.
0: Okay. And I will say that as I was driving to Greys, no word of a lie, I we're driving down this road and the sun is starting to set, and you know we're we're in the middle of nowhere and I have no idea where I am, and I just turned to my wife and I said. If we keep going down this road, I think Aaron's going to be making a documentary about us. <laughs> like yep. that's where we were in in the it's middle weird. of nowhere. But the the of course the best ice cream, the absolute best ice cream that I've ever had. Any ice cream, it's free.
2: That's true. Although
0: I never complained about the, the ice cream,
2: cream. The last ice cream date that we had after filming, um, for History Channel.
0: Oh, that was, was it Skinner's? amazing. Something like that, yeah
2: something or other?
0: I'm oh. heading I'm heading back to that library for a lecture in October, and I'm hoping you that there's still still You need to opening. get their ice cream. Yeah. That, that was amazing. Was inc- you were Wait, there. You I mean, were with you were
2: us. Were, What's it called? Where were we? At the at library. At the library
1: in,
0: in, I didn't in go in for ice cream after
1: no, that. But no, but right next to it. We were we literally, literally in the parking Bridgewater lot. Bridgewater Library. um Oh, that, yeah. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, it's we walked in. Yeah, yeah. I didn't eat. The ice cream was good. Oh, my God. Oh, it was, was it really? It was you I'm there all the time. And, of course, the owner... I'm up there once a week. You the owner to. comes
0: over and starts talking to us because our cars were parked where, you know, they needed the us to Scouts move. The Girl Scouts coming. But uh, he came over and started talking <laughs> to us. He's like, oh, so what are you doing over there? I was like, well, we're filming a paranormal thing. He's like, you know, this place is haunted, right? So... Perfect.
1: I All just, the more reason to go I just back had a there. very bad experience at the East Bridgewater Library the other day. Did I don't know if You want me to tell it on the air? It's kind of well, not really. save it, it, it till boring We have for, time. Bad, right. like, is in like, does it reflect poorly on them? Or yeah, actually, really it does. Yeah,
0: we might have to save this one for off air because, yeah, uh, as I said, I have a, a lecture date there. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, we'll save it you. for off air. And speaking of lecture dates, my gosh, the calendar is filling up. I have so much stuff going on in October. Do you? Yes, I'm going to be. Letting people know throughout the next couple of months where they can see me. Uh, do you have any more showings of the film planned around, or just the
1: one at Christopher's? The last one we had was at the uh, one, uh, a library show. Are you still putting it We're up? We're open if people want? to it if people want. I mean, it's been two years almost. I mean, it's got to run its course eventually. I, 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 I kind of picture this destination America thing as the swan song for the Bridgewater Triangle documentary.
0: This the, the Bridgewater Triangle documentary is good enough that it could become the a Christmas story. Of the paranormal, this could be something that every year, you know, people could be coming to this thing like they go to Rocky Horror,
1: on a local level. Maybe they they
0: could be shouting lines back at the screen. Uh, They could be throwing objects at the screen. We could probably come up with that. You know, somebody had the idea of how to do that. I think it's the good intro to the
2: to the next project.
1: Well, we will talk about that in the second half we will talk very limitedly very about that. limitedly <laughs> about that. We'll
0: tease that. Just teasing it a little bit before we'll, we get there. When we come back on the other side, we will talk to you about what Aaron's new project is as much as we can say. Uh and really there's a lot there's there's legitimate reasons for the secrecy. It's not like we're just being
1: coy and No, mean. yeah, it's going to be yeah, it's, it'll be frustrating for people to not really understand what it is without us saying it, but uh yeah, it'll it's going to be um Interesting. So we'll talk about all that and more coming up uh, after
0: the news. We'll also tell you about our next upcoming Legend Trips event, as well as some other things that we have planned this fall, and we'll talk more about the Bridgewater Triangle. We'll also take your calls, and, of course, you can hit us up on Twitter as well. Use the hashtag SpookySC... back, our number two of Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg, along with Stephanie Burke, the silent assassin, Matt Costa, science advisor, Matt Moniz, and Lauren Awesome, Lauren Allison, Lauren Awesome. What are we, at? we haven't decided where we're definitely calling you, nope. but they're all off this week. It's just Stephanie and I right. carrying the ship, but we've brought on board Aaron Cadju, the co-director of the Bridgewater Triangle documentary, which will actually be making its national television debut next Saturday night. Uh, during Spooky South Coast time, of course, because Destination America decided to do that. Of co- they're like, you know what? When's a good time to do it? Let's start up against that Spooky South Coast show.
1: Well, it's, this is like the sixth date that they've had for this, so, you know... Yeah, yeah, we're, we're just glad that it's finally yeah, actually. Weren't they all Saturday nights at night yeah, 10 o'clock? They were. <laughs> uh, at one point, it was a Friday night. See,
0: that would have been way better for me. No, actually. Black
1: Friday. It was supposed to be Black Friday at one point. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Yes, that's well, right. last, last Black, Black Friday, yep. right? Yeah, last Black Friday. Yeah. This has been, they've wasted, they they have the exclusive U.S. broadcast rights for four years with a fifth year option. They peed away an entire year of the contract. So. Yeah, that's just, that's well, I'm TV glad for they you. I didn't pick
2: Black Friday because I was laid up after having a C section, so I wouldn't have been able to go.
1: Maybe we would have still been able to watch though. That would have been a yeah, good night but for I would it have... to be on. Really? Yeah, because you know, people are out party the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, then they eat a lot on Thanksgiving oh, and like... they're shopping on Black Friday, but they're not shopping at ten o'clock at night. They're home partying.
2: Because they've yeah. all gotten up at midnight.
0: Or
1: they could have yeah. still been
0: yeah, carrying that party through a couple more nights. Yeah, you because
2: know. everybody's home. Everybody, you know, hangs out with family. I think stuff, this so.
0: coming Saturday, September 5th, is a perfect day because it's going to get people into the into the Halloween mode a little bit early. Uh, it's it's it it's is Labor Day
1: weekend. Labor Day this weekend. Is a vacation which, weekend. Which,
2: yeah, but still, it I doesn't think, matter. Trust me, coming from a bartender, Black Friday is a terrible night for a bartender, but Labor Day weekend is not that bad.
1: So
0: should be plenty of people turning out. Of course, all of you were invited. Everybody that's listening, you're all invited to come out to, again, Christopher's Lounge in Rainham.
1: Christopher's Lounge in Rainham, event starts at 8. I would advise getting there early. The place has a limited capacity. We're not sure what kind of turnout we're going to have. I can show up late, though, right? Because, like, well, you, yeah, cause you're a your, Tim yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I don't mean to be a too Tim horn, but... Are we going
2: to have, like, a little table set up with, like, name tags and stuff like before?
1: No, I don't okay. think it'll be that quite that formal. But just to rehash... 8 o'clock, the original 90-minute Bridgewater Triangle documentary will air. that will end at 9.30, and then uh, there'll be a half-hour break, and then at 10 o'clock, all the TVs and the projector will be tuned into Destination America.
0: And all the people out there that are not local, that are listening to us, uh, either via the web stream, via the Dark Matter Radio Network, or via podcasts, are like, well, I have to miss out on this because, you know, I live in China, or I live in Japan, I live in Germany, I live in rhode island i just don't feel like driving that far at night all these people are saying you know how can i take part in this well we're actually going to be there and we're going to be kind of handling social media stephanie and i will be handling a lot of this yes and uh, we'll be putting it out there for people to watch we'll of course be live tweeting from it so that people know what's going on but we're also going to be doing some periscope streaming as well and the idea that i had in place if we can get it everything to work is i thought maybe stephanie uh, would interview some of the people associated with the film on periscope so while it's going on uh, people could be watching on that stream and see like little side interviews with people here and there and, and then of course we'll get reaction from folks after the documentary airs uh, on television in its new condensed format under the title america's bermuda triangle that's correct
2: so do we want to tell people what the usernames are for periscope now so that way as they're listening because we're not going to have a chance to announce it next week
0: well, I would say just follow along with us at Spooky SC because uh, we we have the Spooky South Coast Periscope, okay. So we can use that for sure. Uh, Aaron has started a new Facebook page for the um, for the America's Bridgewater Triangle. It's
1: essentially a Facebook page that's supposed to redirect people to the official Facebook page and the website. But you know, I figured, hey, they're gonna call it America's B- Bermuda Triangle. I'm gonna start an America's Bermuda Triangle Facebook page, which essentially just says you know, go to the Bridgewater Triangle Facebook page or go to the Bridgewater uh, Triangle website.
0: So we will we will have it all worked out by then. We have a week, so right. we'll figure it out.
2: but I want people to be able to find us at least.
0: They can certainly find us uh, on Twitter, at sc. Okay. And that will be the best way to follow along, because we're going to make sure that we use that to direct everybody to where we're going with it anyway. Right. So we will have some Periscope broadcasts. We'll do a lot of live broadcasting from it, because I think that will be a lot of fun for people to see now. Uh, if this had existed... When the film premiered, it would have been a lot easier for us because, if you remember, we had did the pre-show and you know right. that was we we were like trying to get everything going on UStream. and It was really mm-hmm. difficult. Now we can just do it with our cell phones and do it on it's Periscope. Crazy. So and it comes out much better quality.
2: We did a good job, though. I've never phone. seen
0: any
1: of that stuff from the premiere that you guys did.
0: I, it's
2: out there somewhere. Yeah,
0: it's still... We never deleted it or anything. Like, it's it's out there and it's still around, so... Is it
1: on YouTube or is it...
0: I don't think we ever uploaded it. I might have it mm-hmm. on my Ustream account. Yeah, I'd love I'll have to, to see, look it. And see. Actually, uh, I, think we, I think we had to pull it from the Ustream account because of the size. Oh, really? Because it was a, a big file, so we had to pull it down because we had limited space. But I'll see. It's got to be around somewhere.
1: I, I am more nervous about this TV thing than really? I was for the, the premiere at UMass, for really? sure. Yeah. And you were in a mess that it's day. Because, yeah, it's because I it's the, the fear of the unknown like right we i edited the movie i knew what it was mm-hmm. this you know somebody else is is you know es- essentially messing around with our kid and uh <laughs> you know we don't know what it's going to look like i won't know till the middle of this week and maybe i won't even get the online screener sit then.
2: back have a drink relax and realize oh, you should be- have
1: to have many drinks yeah. that's okay
2: we'll we'll take care of you
1: See a drink to me though is a coffee and if I have a couple of coffees I'll be no. flying around the room.
2: No, no coffee for you.
1: <laughs> See, and speaking of drinking, uh it was, it's not a secret. I don't
0: I don't drink very much and do I. so I when ever. I when I do it it doesn't take much for me. So I want to apologize to everybody that came out to the paranormal get together last Saturday night at uh, at the Tap House in Fall River. We had oh Jeff, Jeff Belanger held one of his you know, let's all get together at a bar and have some drinks, you know, and not talk about the paranormal. You know, let's just get together and be friends and hang out. And so, you know, thank you to everybody that came out and, and took part in that. But I, I think I had four beers and I was pretty wasted off like four beers. So like there's other guys that are like, You're a you're a big guy. How can you get waste off four beers? I I did.
2: Well it's so. because you don't ever drink, so
0: I don't. Which makes it so much better when I do, because then I only have to drink do you a couple. Know how many
2: people over the course of you know my life, pretty much, have said, "I can't wait to see you drunk. I really want to see you drunk." It's a rare occasion.
0: I, I'll see it someday.
2: I don't know. It'll
0: I don't know. Happen. The last
2: time it happened was two years ago.
0: It'll happen. Well, we're we'll going to have another backyard podcast, and you can't do that without getting drunk.
2: Well, then you actually have to plan it. Let's we just will. do
0: it. We'll pull one together. Well, let's do one now. After this show is over, we'll all just right. go into somebody's backyard randomly, like around here, and <laughs> that's just record not it. Uh, but, uh, so we, we do want to give some shout-outs to some people, yes, though. we, we have do. some folks that are listening uh, all across the world and reaching out to us, and we welcome them to let us know that they are.
2: Always, and I'm a little behind because I haven't been here. So first of all, we have David Quinn from Liverpool, England. Wow. So that's pretty far, and that's really cool. So-
0: we are the second best thing that they've ever heard in Liverpool after the Beatles. I got an email from
1: David Quinn today. Did you really? Uh, he's the guy asking about shipping the documentary nice. to the UK. David, if you're listening, I did yes, get your did. email. I'm sorry. I haven't responded yet.
2: Uh, he did ask. So, so there you
1: go. So, and, and Is he's listening you, right now, right? And as you said, it's region free. I don't free. know if he's listening so right now, but it. he did
2: listen to the podcast. So uh, he wants to know. To
1: ship to the UK. All right.
2: So Aaron's on that. We're making sure of it. Um, we also have listening right now, I believe, Paula in New Zealand. Yes. So thank you so much for letting us know that you're listening. Um, we also have Kevin Butner from Elberton, Georgia, and he sent us a pretty cool email with you know little pictures of where he lives and everything else. So thank you so much for that. And I have to give a shout out to and we don't have a name, but the email came from Simply Halloween, ah, and yes. it so was it signed a grumpy but loyal listener in Southern Maryland. I have to tell you, your email was awesome.
0: <laughs> spot, I spot loved on it. Yes, yeah, spot on. Some of the and I, I always appreciate when people want to give us feedback. feedback yes, and, and especially constructive criticism of how we can make the show better because that's the best thing about doing this show. For one thing, none of us have an ego, so tell us whatever you want. Right. And and for the other thing, like every Saturday night, we have a chance to to change it. Of course. You know, we have the chance to, to come back on and, and try and do something better. And, and I've said numerous times that I go back and listen to shows from year one and. I wonder, like, how did we ever get any kind of a listenership or a fan base going if that's how we were back then?
2: Well, with time comes experience and everything else. But that person um, has actually been listening since day one. So that was really cool to to read. Um, So everybody that's out there, everybody that's listening, watching, however you are, podcast, live, doesn't matter. Send us an email at spookycrew at spooky south com and let us know who you are and where you're listening from at Twitter, at spooky sc, any time that you can get in touch with us, whether it be social media or email. Please let us know where you're listening from.
0: And I want to throw out a couple more that have okay. uh, come across over the spooky live hashtag. Okay. Actually, uh, over the last couple of weeks, I want to say hi to Kelly Shannon, who's been listening uh, from Tulsa, Oklahoma for the last two years. So thank you for that and uh, i had a couple more here that i wanted to mention uh, i want to say hi to i think that it's uh ian harrison uh says that he's over in the uk he's he's never heard it live but he's uh he's always listened to the podcast but he's listening live tonight so thank you for listening uh thank you for uh, was it staying up late or getting up early depending on uh where you are uh and of course to uh serenity on twitter over at the bell gap forum uh, always great stuff and uh, also, Sean, uh, Standing Stones, a long-time listener, long-time mm-hmm. fan. And one of our original callers. He would uh, call in from time to time in the early days as well. And also to Henchman on Twitter. So thank you, all of you, for listening. And thank you for interacting with us on social media using the hashtag Spooky Live. So we, we have some things that we want to kind of do a little promotion for. Uh, and, of course, we have a Legend Trips event, as I mentioned, coming up September 18th uh, on the USS Salem. Uh, We have tickets still available for that, and probably within the next week or so, we'll open up bunks for people to be able to rent those out as well. That's really cool. That'll just be putting your name on a list, and you'll actually pay the ship for that the night of. Uh, But in order to do that, you have to already buy your ticket and be on the list, because we're going to offer those bunks in order of how people have purchased tickets. So if you want to get your shot, there's still, I believe, there's enough bunks on the ship that we still have enough for the amount of tickets that we've sold. But you have to hurry up and buy your tickets now. So go to legendtrips.com and you can find them there. And I just want to give, let me give a quick rundown of a couple of dates of where I have some things going on. And then I want to turn it over to Stephanie, who is nervous about actually promoting herself here on the show tonight. But I am. We're going to have her do that. Uh, but I've been booking some library stuff left and right uh, coming up for the fall. So if you want to check out some of the lectures that I'll be doing, and they're not all the same lecture. I'm not going out and doing, uh, it'll never be the same thing twice, I can guarantee that, because I'm not going out there and and doing a season of something. You know what I mean? Uh, So on uh, October 5th, I'll be at the East Bridgewater Library. I'll be giving a lecture there on Ghosts of the South Coast. Uh, Then October 13th, I'll be in Truro, October 14th, I'm teaching a class on old school versus new school ghost hunting at Amy Bruni's Strange Escapes here in New Bedford. Uh, and you can get your tickets for that at www.... Why do I do that? What is this, 2004? <laughs> you can get your tickets for that at strange-escapes.com. October 15th, it'll be an afternoon, a special afternoon lecture happening at the Austerville Public Library. Uh, Then on October 20th, I'll be at the Lakeville Public Library. October 27th, at the Provincetown Public Library. And then on October 29th, We were teasing this for weeks, and we couldn't make a formal announcement, but now we can. October 29th, we will have another performance of an evening of Ghost Stories and New England Legends happening at the Stadium Theater in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. We are going from a 200-seat theater to a 1,200-seat theater. I heard that show's terrible. It's (laughs) the worst. It really is. And to put it on a big stage, thankfully, we have an even bigger screen behind us to put Frank graces photos up which saves our asses
2: I have to say I got to be very special and see them run down their rehearsal the night before the big show and um, I've been friends with you guys for years now and it was amazing you guys do a phenomenal job you're all amazing storytellers and I've heard some of the stories before I've been on investigations with you at the places that you talk about or at least in the original show I know it's changing for the second one but phenomenal definitely worth seeing
0: yeah, I mean, we're, we're kind of approaching this as being, and thank you for that, we're approaching this as being kind of like, you know, when a band goes out and goes on tour and does performances. You know, when you go to see the band, you got to hear the hits that you love. Right. But you also like when they mix in some new stuff and maybe some covers and things like that. So we're going to kind t- of t- t- kind of take that approach for uh, the October 29th show. Yes, there'll be some stories that we did in the first one, but there'll also be some new stories as well, and there'll be some tweaks to some of the stories. And the cool thing is, is probably by the time we hit October 29th, the documentary will have already aired on PBS. We made a a kind of a making-of, behind-the-scenes documentary that will air on PBS sometime in October. So if you didn't see the show uh, in its first incarnation when we did it at the Blackstone River Theater back in May, you can watch the PBS documentary and see how that was created and then go and see how it's evolved into this big production. So I just keep getting terrified the more I think so about it. So is the Stop documentary
1: it. like the hard knocks of Pretty much, what yeah. you guys are doing? That's yeah, cool. I think there's actually
0: a line in there where I say, let's go eat an effing sandwich. So, That's hilarious. No, I don't think there I don't I think that. I don't think that would make the cut for PBS. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but it would be awesome. The funny thing is, is if you go to the Stadium Theater's website, StadiumTheater.com, to purchase your tickets for the show, you can see we have a, a trailer that we've put up there, a video trailer that you can see, and you can see some of the audio, uh, uh, some of the video with with the audio of the performance. But that audio track is as Aaron knows in produ- you know producing this. It's it's been doctored and mastered and all that stuff. We actually got copies of the show, those of us who were in it, to review it and watch it. We got copies of just the raw stuff. And in that, you can hear the audio track because our mics were on the entire time. Our lav mics were on throughout the whole show. And you can hear everything that we said. (laughs) <laughs> on the side stage as we like <laughs> as like Andy came off and, and nailed the first story and got us off on a great note and we're all high fiving each other and when he went out there and got a standing ovation after a story we're like flipping out in the back so it's really great. It's something that would probably we should put that on the uh on the you know the director's cut of the D V D sometime but uh so that is, you know, our our promotional aspect of promoting the events side of things. Mm-hmm. You have something in which you have the opportunity to really further your education yes. in the work that you do, and and this is beyond just you know like you can say that the promoting the events stuff is a little bit you know shameless self promotion because it's events that were doing and want people to come out and see us, but this is something that will help not only your self-improvement, but how you can help others uh, going forward with the work that you do, and and this is just a a fantastic opportunity.
2: It is. So, Spooky Listeners, I need your help more than ever. Um, Some of you have heard me talk about it already. Some of you may not have because you're new listeners. Um, I have been studying with James Van Prague for the last few months now, if Any of you don't know who that is, you can Google him, you can look it up, but he is probably one of the most famous mediums out there, and we've had him on our show. He's amazing. I had the opportunity to study with him for a psychic intuitive course, and he's giving out scholarships for his mediumship course. It's a pretty much two-month intensive, um, very intensive course, Um, and I am in the running to get one of his scholarships. So I need all of you, out of the kindness of your hearts, pretty please, to go to YouTube. If you have a YouTube account or a Google account, Gmail doesn't matter, um, or if you don't, it takes two seconds to make one. Go to YouTube and search hashtag JVP School. And my video is called hashtag JVP School Stephanie Mediumship Scholarship. Go on there and give it a big thumbs up if you can, because the more YouTube likes I get, the more of a chance I have to win the scholarship. He's giving three away. So while you guys are there, I ask you to, to look at Candice's video as well and give her a big thumbs up, because we're trying to win this together. We started the journey together. Some of you may know Candice already. She is, um, she's is, she been on a few different uh, television shows. She's been on Ricky Lake. She's been on Psychic in Suburbia, on Style Network. She's an amazing and talented medium. And we started this journey together, and we'd love to continue together. So, the more YouTube likes we get, the more of a chance we have to win. And right now, we're in the running. So, we would appreciate it so much. And we only have until Monday, August 31st, because they're picking the winners on Tuesday, September 1st. So, pretty please, if you're listening to the podcast during the week, I know a lot of you listen on your drive in. Please like it. Please let me know if you do like it. You can contact me. Um, Tim, what's my email? Your email? Yeah.
0: Like your Spooky have, South Coast email? Yeah. Do I have I one? think it's Stephanie at SpookySouthCoast.com.
2: If not, it's work at, Burke at Yahoo.com. But let me know that you gave it a big thumbs up, and I'll give you a big shout out on our next show.
0: And I just tweeted it out from both my Twitter account and the Spooky South Coast Twitter account at SpookySC. You are awesome. So you can just go click right there on the link, and that will give you the opportunity to watch the video on YouTube. And again... I know some of you have multiple YouTube accounts, you have multiple Google accounts. Go in under all of them Please. and give Stephanie a thumbs up. Give Candace a thumbs up as well. Yes. So, and I know that when I searched for Stephanie, uh, immediately uh, when I was watching your video, right on the right hand side on the list of other videos, there's Candace's yep. video if there. If you so. search the
2: hashtag, all of them pop up. Um, and there's not very many at all. So Candace and I are really, really easy to find. And this will help us both continuing to help people um for those of you that don't know we do a lot of stuff out of the kindness of our hearts to help people so this will just let us continue doing it and do a better job
0: and for those of you who are spooky south coast fans Mm -hmm. and you're like well you know yeah that's great that helps stephanie out but you know what else is let's keep stephanie close to james van Prague because then we can come back on the show again of course because what an amazing time we had with him last september and He's just a cool guy. And he is. And you know what? We we only have the chance to talk to him, but he promised that he would come back somewhere down the line and he do did. some readings for people. Right. So, you know, let's make sure we keep that that relationship tight and help Stephanie. And, you know, then sooner or later people are gonna be like, Wait, Stephanie Burke is now the best media. Oh, in the world. I don't know about so. that.
2: Let's slow your roll on that for a second. <laughs> but um no, I do I appreciate it from everybody because the course the last course I took for all of you that don't know, it was about two grand. So This will definitely help me out and... Help further my studies because.
0: And if I know how school works, the higher you go, the yes, higher the, the tuition more, goes. Of course. So that's, uh, but that, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I'm I have the video right in front of me on the computer. I tweeted out the links. I want to see those numbers go up by the time we go off the air in about 25 minutes. So let's uh, let's I would love it. get people to go there. And it's not just you know you see it on Facebook and everything. You see it on Twitter. It's not just favoriting it. It's not just liking it. It's actually going to the YouTube video right. and watching and it. And hitting, hitting the thumbs up.
2: I have about 300 views and only, I think, 50-something thumbs up. So the thumbs up are what counts.
0: Yes. I think, uh, I noticed that uh, Candace has like, like 1,800 oh. views on hers. Right,
2: but she only has less than 100 thumbs up.
0: Yeah, I f- but I, I think it's definitely, you know, it's it's the mood lighting. It could be. I think. People are looking at me like, oh, mood lighting.
2: So, for people that can't find Candace, she's the pretty blonde. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, and, and we got to get her on the show at some point yes, too. Yes, people she's have been asking on. me if we're doing psychic September. I don't think we're going to do that again this year. I don't
2: know if we have time to. Yeah,
0: because of all the things that are going on, right. uh, and all you know, all the Red Sox games and everything that are going on. I don't want to book a bunch of psychics. It's very important Red Sox games. I know, but we my still heart carry is still them.
2: with them. I still love my Red Sox.
0: Well. It's getting harder and harder to love some of the decisions they're making. But I know. This, you know this is serious, both for the promotion of the Bridgewater Triangle and for how bad the Red Sox are doing that Aaron's wearing the Bridgewater Triangle hat tonight and not the Red Sox I haven't
1: worn my Red Sox hat at all this year. <laughs> oh. I'm a very angry fan. Well, that's, $180 million doesn't buy you much in the last four years. It one world championship, but three last place finishes.
0: Right. And then, of course, the way to fix that when everything starts to go wrong is get rid of the play-by-play guy. On yeah, the that, that'll broadcast. fix
1: everything. Yes. Watch, next year, undefeated.
0: <laughs> so uh, we are talking with Aaron Kadju. He is the co-director of the Bridgewater Triangle documentary, which will be making its national television debut on Destination America next Saturday night uh, at 10 o'clock under the title America's... Bermuda Triangle, and now they've touched upon, on some of the other programs, they've touched upon some of the Bridgewater Triangle stories in the past. Uh, they, I know that when they did the Monsters and Mysteries in America, um, they talked about Pill story. and That was
1: like a Bridgewater Triangle episode, essentially, right. except for the Dover Demon stuff. Everything else was in the Bridgewater Triangle uh, on that Monsters and Mysteries episode.
0: So, I mean, that was really a way for people to get their feet wet. If they watch that and they think they know everything about the Bridgewater Triangle, just wait, because this will open so much more. One, one of the weird things that I find about some of the programming that they do and the, the way that they do it is they don't have a lot of after-the-fact. You know, if you watch a show like Ghost Hunters or, or Ghost Adventures or, or even their own Ghost Asylum, they give you the opportunity they they give a platform for you to discuss it after the show you know you can talk about it on twitter you can go to this chat room go to this message board whatever uh and i think that you know your website bridgewatertriangle.com can serve as that spot right for people to go and and reach out to you and share some of that information after the episode airs absolutely
1: and then go to bridgewatertriangle.com uh the main email is info at bird at it's actually the com is the official website, but we also have BridgewaterTriangle.com. Uh, so they can go to the website. They can send us an email right through the website, tell us their stories, if they have a bizarre story of an experience in the Bridgewater Triangle, um, and uh, they can uh, just peruse the website and learn a little bit more. And go to the Facebook page as well. It's a great place to be interactive. And so
0: the conversation doesn't have to end. I know that you said you kind of see this as the, the bookend for this documentary is finally getting it on national television but for those who are learning about it because you're going to get people that are just finding out about this now and they're going to want to learn more and they're going to want to interact more so that's it's kind of the mantle now that you are you have thrust upon you is that you now have to kind of be the stewards of the Bridgewater Triangle and you have to be the ones who can stand out there at the forefront you're going to get people that are going to want you know you're going to what I have to deal with sometimes is, hey, can you give me this person's phone number? Hey, I'm trying to get out get in touch with this Wait, person. Yeah, and today. that's
1: happened yeah. quite a bit. And the thing that's tough from my perspective is I'm not a paranormal researcher. Right. I'm not a paranormal really enthusiast outside of doing this film. And so when I get people that email me, they're like, Well, you know, my the house behind my cousin's grandmother's on Joe Street in, you know, Rehoboth is, is haunted. Did you, did you guys research that at all? Or you, can you tell me anything about it? And it's like, no, sorry. Uh, but I try to at least point them in the direction of somebody that, that can.
0: Well, and, and one of the things that will happen, or I'm sure it has already happened too, is when you say to them, you know, I'm not a paranormal researcher, but they look at you as being a fair and balanced paranormal chronicler. So you're able to tell these stories without kind of you know, crapping all over them when they share. So that's why they want to reach out to you. So even if you say, I don't really want to delve into the world of the paranormal, they're going to try and suck you in because they Mm -hmm. want that fair and balanced. And they also just want the great production value that you guys put into that film as well. So that's, you know, kind of the the double-edged sword of
1: that. Yeah, I mean, you know, not. I shouldn't say unfortunately, but just by default, we've kind of been sucked into the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bridgewater Triangle is a big topic. So far, that's the only documentary that's ever been done on it. So by default, we're kind of right now at the forefront of it just by default. Uh, if you Google the term Bridgewater Triangle right now, number one is the Wikipedia, number two is the documentary website. It's a good place to be, especially heading into this this broadcast On uh, September 5th, I mean, just anybody who just wants to learn about the Bridgewater Triangle will hopefully find their way to the website.
0: And I'm looking forward to seeing some of the folks who come out to the actual premiere event at Christopher's Lounge in Rainham next Saturday night because there's going to be – I mean, I know that there's a lot of people who have – seen the documentary online or ordered the dvd but they've never seen it you know on, in, in a, on a bigger format or in a bigger group so it's going to be really cool to see people that come out and maybe are watching it for the fifth or sixth time alongside people that are seeing it for the first time it doesn't matter though the stories will all be there we're all going to be talking so much about these stories and these experiences that people have had and questions that people have and we're going to have to shut everybody up by the time that the Broadcast premiere comes on at ten o'clock, and, uh, and and of course it's going to go on even after that as well. So what's what's last call there, Christopher? Is One a.m.
1: One a.m. I think people will probably just be hanging
0: around till it closes. Paranormal people will close the place down. We don't. There's not a lot of Saturday nights that the paranormal world can actually not be investigating. So I think you'll see them really let their hair down. And in the case of movies, yeah, we can't stress enough down. it's
1: a free event. Open to the public. Just show up as if you were going there to watch the Patriots. Right. It's like that. That's what it is. And, it's uh, not a private event. Just right. show up.
0: Just, you know, bring a little bit of extra cash so you can buy around for Aaron and Manny for putting, on such a fan de- putting out such a fantastic documentary. And, uh, of course, we'll have everybody that's around will be part of that. Like I said earlier, Chris Balzano coming up. Uh, I know that Carl Wood will be there. Um, I think Moniz is planning on attending. I'll be there. Andy Lake, we think, is probably going. Um, Chris
1: Pittman said he'll be there.
0: Chris Pittman, is, is Lauren Coleman coming down? He said he might. Uh, I know it's a very, very Jeff busy Belanger time. just said
1: he might, so we can't promise that they'll be there, but uh, Alan Alves will be there.
0: I can imagine that, you know, it's a big weekend up at the International Cryptozoology Museum being Labor Day weekend, so. Uh, but yeah, Alan Alves is always great to hang out and, and party with, and and you said Joe DeAndre might be coming? Joe DeAndre, I think, will be there as well. And he's another guy that's just. It's great to be around these guys because you know, like Jody Andrews, a guy whose stories I've heard and talked about here on the on the air for for years, for almost a decade, and I didn't meet him in person until that uh, showing at the at Bridgewater, Bridgewater State. State. So. It was great to finally get a chance to meet him. So everybody out there, I want to see you all out there, all you WBSM listeners, all you Spooky South Coast fans. We want to see you and hang out with you there. And, and in talking about this being kind of the, the closing of that chapter, uh, we tease it a little bit that you do have another project that is in the very beginning stages that has local ties. So it is something that local people are definitely going to pay attention to, but it's going to be a story that will get national attention.
1: Yeah, Um It's, uh. And
2: that's all, folks.
1: (laughs) It's not, it has nothing to do with the paranormal. Right. Some people tie it into the Bridgewater Triangle. I've heard that before. Mm -hmm. It is going to be a documentary film about arguably the biggest unsolved true crime case to ever hit the South Coast region. Now, if you know your history and have lived here long enough, you probably can figure out what I'm talking about, and I can't at this point say it officially.
0: Unfortunately for this area, people <laughs> are like, I can a, narrow it down to three.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's it's a hot-button issue. And just from what we've seen so far poking around, that it's going to set off an absolute firestorm when this thing comes out. And that case in particular will never be the same.
0: And I know that you have, you know, this is, again, the same as with the Bridgewater Triangle documentary. We have to stress, it's not a full-time job for you. It's a passion project. So it's something that you're doing in your free time around your, your real job, around your real work, around your family. And, uh, and, and of course, you know, your family grew while you were making the Bridgewater Triangle documentary. So that takes part of your your time away. So this is something that you need to compartmentalize into your life to be able to, live and, and be a dad and a father and a dad and a father <laughs> be a father and a husband and and also do everything else you have to do so with that said do you have any type of time frame in mind for for how long this if will i take? had
1: to guess i'd say we're probably about a year and a half out from it being finished maybe a little quicker if we start gaining momentum as we start shooting mm-hmm. and pick up some steam and we do have some backing by a uh, uh, company with hollywood connections and it's a little different now. When I did the Bridgewater Triangle, when we did the Bridgewater Triangle, I should say, uh, I was working a full-time job. Now I'm self-employed on a full-time basis, but when you're self-employed, you're, you're flexible. Your schedule is yeah. a lot more flexible, especially in my line of work. I can edit video at you know, midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. Um, so things are different now, and we are able to devote, devote more time to it. And unfortunately, it, for people that are creative thinkers, with a project like this, it has consumed my very existence. Listen, I and can
0: I can vouch for that. Mm-hmm. It has.
1: And I I'm thankful that it has because I'll be honest, this this national television thing with the Bridgewater Triangle, we signed the contract with them a year ago. We sent them the materials a year ago. The first air date that they gave us was supposed to be last October. then it got pushed to Black Friday. Then it got pushed to May. Then it got pushed to August. Now it's in September. It's been agonizing waiting for the Bridgewater Triangle to finally be on TV. And if if we didn't have this other project going on or if I didn't have this other project going on, I'd be going out of my mind. So it's been a a pleasant distraction, but at the same time it's become a new absolute obsession. And it's already just in the early stages causing insomnia. I'm up till three o'clock, three thirty in the morning, just lying in bed thinking about it. It is an absolute obsession. And,
0: and the, the concerning part about that to some degree is that you're only really in the research stage. You're in kind of the discovery stage of things. Uh, and you know, you haven't even gotten to, into the emotional part of it yet,
1: which will be taxing mm-hmm. for sure. Um, this is, this isn't, you know, not to, dis, not to downplay somebody having a ghostly experience or something but this is people you know people lost their lives as a result of this and there's loved ones that are living the ramifications of that so it's uh it's a much more sensitive topic although we did cover some true crime in in the bridgewater triangle but this
2: um has some major implications yeah you weren't dealing with what you're dealing with now when it came to the true crime this is a little bit more severe
0: you know, there, there's when you sit in this chair. There's certain things that you know that when you start talking about it and you start going down a certain path, it's going to put you at, at some degree of risk, and you take that risk. You know, if 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 let's just say gang violence erupts uh, in the city, and now I have to come here and sit here and talk about it, and I have to discuss it within the back of my mind, being I could walk out that door and there could be somebody out in that parking lot that has a problem with what I said. Mm -hmm. Or I could be sitting here, you know, even it could be something as simple as, you know, talking about a politician. And that politician makes a few phone calls to a few friends of theirs that own businesses. And those businesses are advertisers on the station and that could cause problems. You know, so in in doing that, I always have that concern. And I don't live in fear of it because for one thing like I'm I'm not I'm trying to be fair and balanced myself here on the air. I'm not trying to go after people and attack people. Did you have any concern when you were getting involved in that aspect of the Bridgewater Triangle in telling the True Crime story because it's never really all been solved. I mean, there's been people who have been punished for things, but there is still also the allegations of a larger conspiracy that's still going on and still active today. We have talked about you know, uh, Carl Drew here on the show. We have a friend who corresponded with Carl Drew, and we had Carl Drew making mention of us and our show in letters that he was writing to this person. And I had Jackie Barrett tell me that Ronnie DeFeo knows exactly who I am, and Ronnie DeFeo told me to stop looking into Amityville, and, you know, because whatever's there will get me. And so these things have kind of always sat not right with me, uh, but have kept me not you know i'm not afraid of it i keep doing my job was that anything in the back of your mind at all when you're chronicling the criminal aspects of what went on the
1: Bridgewater triangle not really just because we were so matter of fact with it like this is what happened this is what happened this is what happened we didn't with the true crime stuff we we didn't there weren't any interviews regarding that other than a little bit with alan alves um like with the Mary Lou Root, James Cater case, we were very matter-of-fact with that. It was right. pretty
2: much public record.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the even with the, the Carl Drew, Rob Murphy stuff, very matter-of-fact with that, just the facts, you know, uh, their alleged connection to some of these locations, the Freetown State Force, have never been proven to this day. Mm-hmm. So we made sure to say allegedly never been proven. Uh, so there wasn't anything in there that I think, I mean, they may find it offensive that, you know, we... Confirm the fact that they were convicted that college was a convicted murderer, but it's not something that people didn't know. We weren't uncovering right. new stuff about him that is even more damning than what people already know. So I don't think, you know, there's not much he could say about what we did. You were just kind of it? weaving it into the narrative, exactly. exactly. Of the triangle, so, yeah. But with this new project, you guys—I'm friends with both of you—and mm-hmm. you guys have been keeping track of what's going on with this. Now, I can say this, and people are going to roll their eyes probably and say, yeah, okay, whatever. Everybody thinks they're uncovering something new. But we have uncovered some information that is quite staggering with this topic. I've told both of you guys about Mm -hmm. it, which, to me, should have raised flags back when it happened, and it didn't.
0: And and we have had disagreements. And again, I mean, I, it's hard to gauge because we've been, you know, it's been online messaging back and forth, really. But So it's hard to gauge, you know, what kind of a disagreement we've had. But you have, I have concerns that there's something larger to this. And maybe it's because I'm a conspiracy theory kind of guy anyway. But I think that it wasn't so much that it was, I, I think there's higher forces that were making sure that this stuff these connections weren't made and you're saying that it was probably just more of
1: somebody wasn't seeing the forest for the trees. I think it was, um, people are going to know what we're talking about. If I get too oh, much um, uh, Well, to I'll it, say, it was a, an absolute communication breakdown that I think is responsible for what we now know, having slipped through the cracks back then. Um, and that's as far as I can get, with I just, it, really uh people that people that are smart enough are gonna know exactly what right, I'm talking we're not, about. We're
0: not gonna give too much more away, but I just uh, this is the kind of a project where you can expect the two thirty AM phone call from somebody telling you to stop. I mean
1: Oh yep. absolutely. You're, absolutely. Just know that yeah, this is I have people saying this is the type of project where you could be seeing the same car in your rearview mirror for, you know, a few blocks right. or whatever. So that fear kinda has I mean
2: Will you let fear stop you?
1: No, absolutely not.
0: I don't think anything could stop him right now with this. That's why I'm asking, because
2: I know his passion. And, like, I get excited when I get the 3 a.m. Facebook message of, like, this gigantic document that he's written up in the past 15 minutes. And it's, it's amazing.
0: But, I mean, I... I had the same thoughts, too, about the Bridgewater Triangle documentary with when you told me that you were putting all the true crime stuff in there. And I said, listen, you know, Robin Murphy, No people don't go to prison for what you went to prison for and come out and get cushy state jobs. Ugh. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Without there being some kind of somebody else looking out for her and and, and somebody else making sure that she's taken care of. There's so. crooked
2: people everywhere in every aspect of this life. And you have to expect to come across it in every aspect of this life.
1: Well... We've come, I mean, there's already been resistance. Right. And I can say there's people that do not like that we're doing what we're doing. Um, and there's people that are making it as difficult as possible for us to get the kind of information that we're looking for with this project. Um, but I just, I don't know, you can just call me stubborn or, or whatever you want to call me, but I'm like a dog with a bone with this one. I will not let it go. And this will happen regardless of how much people try to stop what we're doing. Because. Quite frankly, it's a story that needs to be told. And I don't want people to to
0: listen to this and think back and say, whatever he's talking about, whatever the story is that he feels the need to tell, you know, he feels like he's got this intestinal fortitude to go forward and tell it because of the success of the Bridgewater Triangle documentary. You've been talking about this well before you even started making the Bridgewater Triangle documentary. No,
1: it's been on the radar because I think, in order to have a successful documentary with limited resources like we did with the Bridgewater I mean you could say successful I mean it's not like you know dude you've won awards it's successful yeah okay it's successful to a degree but in order to have that success someone who's a documentary filmmaker might say oh there's a you know this this thing in Ohio that I want to do a documentary on it's like well you're in Massachusetts do you have any money it's like no well we're going to do a Kickstarter. it's like yeah well you'll be lucky to raise maybe a couple grand with that whereas if you pick a topic that has national interest but is locally accessible it makes the thing it makes things a lot easier right. and in our case you know there's a lot of people that want to make documentary films that are not video production specialists by trade whereas i run a video production company and already had all the tools and tech uh, technical expertise in order to not have to outsource things to other people and that made it a lot easier. So it was locally accessible, and I already had the tools and the expertise to put it together. And that's why it was able to happen. But that's why I look for topics like that that have national implications but are in my backyard so that it keeps keeps things accessible.
0: And it keeps you in your own bed at night, too, which is exactly right. huge.
1: Especially um, with a kid.
0: The, the problem is everybody <laughs> thinks that they go out and they get a GoPro and a cell phone and they're ready to go make a documentary. And that doesn't – I mean – I've seen so many people, and I, I don't want to bash anybody, but I've seen so many people who decide to go out and film a documentary by going to the place where they want to film and turning on the cameras, and they think that, you know, that's, that's the way to do it. And years of research went in, and then. I mean, how many people that did actually see your first documentary know how much research you put into that, and then all the years between when that came out and when you made the new Bridgewater Triangle, that we shouldn't call it the new, the Bridgewater Triangle documentary, you know, uh, all of that time that was spent gathering all this information, it never really left you. I know that you're not an active, you're not a paranormal researcher, and you weren't actively researching all of this, but you were always a go-to guy for the information, so you were soaking all that up, you're soaking up all the information for the new thing, and That's something that I think people. It's not just documentary filmmaking either. It's all paranormal research.
1: Yeah, or any you know creative. They think you
0: just you just show up at the haunted place and turn on the gear and you're ready to go. That's not how it works. If
1: if I were actually getting paid a legit wage to make the Bridgewater Triangle documentary, I would be retired in a mansion on a yacht or Yeah, thousands and thousands of hours. And now it's all happening again with this this new project. I have to say, thousands of hours.
2: I I didn't get to see the, the building of the Bridgewater Triangle documentary, but I've been able to work with you a few different times and see how you work and how professional it is and how serious you take it. You have a degree in what you do. You own your own company. It's a lot different than what people are trying to do. And I remember, I mean, talking to a few different people that have said they wanted to make a documentary of what you're trying to do. And I have laughed at them. I have told them that it's never going to happen, but I have to say, like my faith and my trust is hundred percent behind you in this project because I know how well you're going to tell this story. Well,
1: thank you. That that means a lot, and we're going to do our best with it and to do it justice because you're
2: going to do it right. It's a and sensitive topic, to, to say yes. the
1: least. We have
0: about three minutes left on the show. Uh, just let everybody know one more time about the event that's happening next Saturday.
1: Yeah, the Bridgewater Triangle documentary will be making its national television debut on Destination America on Saturday, September 5th at 10 p.m. under the title America's Bermuda Triangle. So
0: that's what you want to look for when you're setting your DVR and and looking on your channel, guys. The the Bridgewater Triangle
1: is in the description, but the actual title is America's Bermuda Triangle.
0: And and so if you want to have the chance to actually get out and hang out with the filmmakers and meet some of the people that were involved in the film, you can come out and meet us at Christopher's Lounge. Christopher's
1: Lounge in Raynham. Event starts at eight. We'll be showing the original ninety-minute feature first, and then the half-hour break between nine thirty and ten, and then all the TVs will tune into Destination America at ten o'clock. Cast members, crew members will be there. We'll have some entertainment there. Uh, it's going to be a fun event. Uh, there won't be any kind of like music during the documentary or during the broadcast. What you hear, they'll have the t- volume up on the TV, so there's no competing noise or anything like that. Its its sole purpose is to watch the Bridgewater Triangle documentary and then the show.
0: Is this in a separate room from where like the bar
1: is? No, it's room? all in one big smorgasbord room. That's the room. best
0: part, because what's going to happen is as we're watching it, there's going to be some guy sitting at the bar just drinking and be like... <laughs> I saw a ghost once! <laughs> and then he's going to just tell us this most ridiculous story that he never would have shared had he not been sitting there and, and watching the That always trials. happens at
1: our shows. People share stories that they otherwise may not have been comfortable sharing.
0: I love it. I love when we used to do Odd Fest. The first Odd Fest that we did, we did it at knuckleheads down the street from here. And people wanted to know like why all the people kept going downstairs into the private function area. And we told them that we were talking about you know, that we're all paranormal people, we're all having like a little Christmas party for ourselves and that we all talk about ghosts and people were wandering down the staircase and like poking their head in just because they wanted to see if we were normal looking. <laughs> and so there's probably gonna and be then like right? oh no, he's not normal looking. Right. And then they realize well when I'm sitting there, you know, with uh I've got um Stoney's collection of sideshow oddities out on the table that he brought down to show us and I'm standing there with a shrunken head around my neck and, and the mermaid's hand, uh, tail and all <laughs> yeah. that other stuff that he has. Uh so but that's going to happen at Christopher's next week. Is people are going to say, "Oh, these paranormal people that are hanging around here—they're actually pretty normal." And uh, so maybe you're somebody that's you know slightly interested in the topic and, and don't feel comfortable uh, maybe talking about it with your own f- friends and family. Come on out because you'll he- have a willing audience uh, to share in some of your own personal stories. So that's happening next Saturday and night. Tim
1: and Steph will be there.
0: We absolutely yes, will be. And uh, and I'm going to make sure that I actually you know look. I was just going to say, I
2: might even look like a human that
0: night. I might might pull out the suit. I think you should. Maybe I will. (laughs) Maybe I will. We'll be super overdressed for the look. That's all right. They're like, who's that guy in the suit over there? (laughs) Oh, that's just the guy that's messing around with Twitter. (laughs) He's the social media guy. Uh, So that'll be happening next Saturday night at Christopher's Lounge. Uh, It starts at 8 o'clock. We will be there, absolutely. Which means we won't be here, but we're going to try and get a a pre-recorded show uh, into the hands of the powers that be uh, to make sure that we can do that as well. And in We'll be back then, I guess, on September 12th will be our next show, our next live show. And then, of course, the week after that will be our live Bridgewater Triangle Investigation show, which is something that everybody looks forward to every year. So, of course, uh, we hope to have lots of teams come out for that, and we'll make it super interactive. We say every year we're going to do it, but this is the year that we're going to make it super interactive. So until next time, stay spectacular.